Can you give at Marks with Mike's podcast a shout out? Shout out! Hey yo! What a maneuver! Bye 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 Are you kidding me? The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. What's up, everybody? You know who it is by the sound of my voice. That's right, it's your boy, Mr. Six Foot Nine. JT back in this piece once again. And of course, I'm over with my co host, L. Chief. What's going on, Poppy? Too much drugs. Coming singing now. Double, double. I'm in trouble, trouble. Yeah, yo. What's going on? It's a Cheech in La Casa. How's everybody doing? You already know, laying, laying in the cut like a band aid. But listen, it's a Thursday. And I know. Like I said, each and every Thursday, we try to release y'all an episode, either a pay-per-view review or a special guest. And this Thursday is just like none other. Listen, I know the last two weeks I've been lacking, but it's a reason for that. Somebody told me what time it was, but I believe right now we have the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, we have none other on the other line. The 26-year-old piece of gold. Ladies and gentlemen, Leo Rush. Oh, man. What's up, man? Did I hear you say that you were 6'9"? Yeah, man. Six foot nine. All right. All right. Well, you used to be a basketball player, football player? I mean, yeah, I played a little bit of both, uh, basketball and football, but MCL, ACL injuries kind of ruined that. He was actually a, a backup singer. Yeah, yeah, right, a backup singer. Well, definitely got to wish you a happy birthday real quick. Just celebrated your birthday not too long ago. Thank you. Yes. Oh, shit. Appreciate that. <laughs> no problem, man. You know, got to celebrate your birthday with the fam and, you know, enjoying that extra year of life. But speaking of life, man, we got to dive right deep into this conversation. So I understand as a kid, you were very athletic, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I've been playing sports ever since I was five years old. Um, I was I was a football player, a baseball player, basketball. Uh, I tried to run track, but I pulled a, pulled a uh, hamstring first practice, so I quit that. Um, what else? Uh, tried to do some swimming. Uh, didn't really like that all that much. Um, but then I, I, I went into being an amateur wrestler in high school. And uh, stuck with that all the way through. So, yeah, I've been pretty active uh, my whole life. That's cool, cool. So how was it growing up in the Washington area, as, you know, as a young stud growing up? Um, It was, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I've never been asked that question. But it was, it was um, you know, it was pretty decent. It, it wasn't, you know, the worst thing in the world. Um, I, I went back and forth from um, New Carrollton, Maryland to uh, Southeast Washington, D.C. Um, so parts of, you know, D.C. where my family uh, was staying, that was pretty rough. Um, but, you know, the, the parts of Maryland where um, I, I grew up, um, you know, wasn't wasn't too bad. Yeah, shout out to Washington, D.C., Chocolate City. Um, but speaking of wrestling, what was it about wrestling that got you hooked as a kid? Was it a particular match, particular set of wrestlers? Uh, I think, I think overall it was the, the fans, like seeing the, the interaction between the fans and, and, the, and the wrestlers. 
Um, I thought it was cool that, you know, people would come to Raw or SmackDown or any show uh, just to cheer for one person. And I thought that that was cool. You know, it was different than, you know, going to a basketball game and cheering for the Lakers. You know, it's about 100 people on that team. But, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was cool that one guy could be soloed out um, for an entire arena. And, you know, I wanted that to, to be my life. So you got engaged with the, you know, the feeling of the feel of the crowd. That's what hooked you. But eventually you end up following your dream. Was that like right after high school? Uh, yeah. Um, so I tried to, to be a professional wrestler while I was in high school. I actually ended up going to uh, a training center when I was 17. And uh, I went there to check out the, the training center. Um, I didn't sign up. I was just, you know, seeing how, how the, you know, the school was ran. Um, and if the, it was somewhere that I wanted to, you know, pursue my dreams. Um, and then the following week I decided to come back and the doors were locked. Uh, I couldn't, you know, figure out why the, uh, the doors were locked, you know, the lights were out. Um, and then, you know, find out a month later that, uh, one of their students had died in the ring and it was like all over the, the newspapers and stuff like that. So, uh, they ended up, you know, closing the school. And um, yeah. I had to end up waiting, you know, until I was uh, 19 years old to, to go to uh, a different training school, finally. And that was uh, MCW Training Center. Man, you had come a long way. You on your going on your sixth year in the, in the business, right? Yeah, Damn. yeah, going on my sixth year. So right now, you're just touching the surface and... um. I just want to ask you about your beginnings, I mean, your career. You started as a tag team um, wrestler with, uh, with now we know him as Belbertine Dream. How was it, you know, the beginning of your career as a tag team? Um, it was a difficult start um, just because, you know, like you said, I started out in a, in a tag team. And that's kind of all I really knew, um, just because all of the shows that I was doing were tag matches. Um, and then when um, Patrick got caught up to, to be on Tough Enough, um, that, you know, kind of got interrupted uh, very abruptly. And I didn't know uh, how to adjust to that, you know, so quickly because I still had shows lined up. I still, you know, was taking bookings. Uh, but now, you know, I had to learn how to perfect like a singles match and learn how to, you know, learn the psychology of a singles match and not so much, you know, a tag team match anymore. So it was a bit of an adjustment, but, um, you know, got through it, you know, look where I am, you know, today. So it all turned out for, for the best. Yeah, you got the chance to, you know, go on your solo run, make some stops along the way, and you got the chance to uh, stop at CZW. Uh, CZW, where you had uh, some of your your best views with one Joey Janela, um, you got the chance to win gold there, and you got to win it on two occasions. And it just seems like uh, the whole time Joey Janela was your nemesis. But we'll touch on that later. But what was it about the CD? What was it about the CZW culture that you just flocked to? Um, I think 
uh, performing in front of those fans, that Philadelphia crowd, um, is so different than than wrestling in front of any other crowd, uh, just because they're so they're so critical. They're, they're hardcore wrestling fans, so you know if if you fuck up anything in a match, you know they're gonna call you out on it. Like they're not they're not afraid to tell you you fucked up and start a you fucked up chant. So uh, I I like being able to uh, you know please an audience like that. And you know in my mind, I felt like if I can you know if I can get over and uh, in front of a crowd like that, then I can get over anywhere. So um, I liked I liked sticking with CZW because it challenged me. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you put up some unbelievable uh, matches there, man. Like I said, you know, just going back through through the list of people that you got to face there. But uh, eventually, you end up moving on. Um, you got the chance to go ahead and hold gold in House of Glory, which is now owned by Master P. The last time I checked, I can't see. Because the- saying, oh. yeah, I can't. I can't see. I can't <laughs> wait to see what happens with that. I mean, honestly, if Master P does what I think he can do with this man, we can actually make Def Jam Vendetta actually come true. You know, just have yeah. you know, you know, have have different record label bosses be be in charge of certain you know factions. I think I think that would be dope personally, but that's a whole different story. But yeah, you got the chance to hold gold there. In House of Glory, man, I mean, you know, and I, I was just going back, look, looking at the picture, uh, you know, you you holding that title up high, man. Like, that title looked heavy as shit. I'm like, damn, that's a big ass. It title. was. <laughs> it definitely was. Uh, it was a pain to carry it all throughout the airports. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was, I'm glad that I was able to have that running in House of Glory. It's crazy that Master P is, is uh, the owner uh, of, you know, House of Glory now. Um, hopefully. He can do something, you know, pretty cool with it. You know, obviously, once the pandemic is over with and, you know, things start to clear up a little bit, uh, it would be cool to, to, to go back. Man, I would love to see something like that actually happen. You know what I'm saying? You get Master P holding down a faction, bring a Rick Ross to hold down a faction, get JD Kiss to hold down a faction, bro. Man, that right there, that is money. Listen, EA Sports, y'all heard it here first. You know, go ahead if you want to run with the idea. So, um, you know, eventually you move on to Ring of Honor. And to me, you know, that's where your name started ringing bells even more and more. So how was that experience with Ring of Honor, you know, as far as getting down there? Uh, it was it was really cool. Um, the, the time that I was there, that, that roster was, was stacked. Um, you know, literally the, the best wrestlers in the world were, were a part of that roster. Um, I believe it was 2017. Like you had like the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, um, you know, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, uh, Dijak. You know, the list goes on and on. Like Lethal, the Briscoes, it's crazy. War Machine. So, yeah, War Machine. So it's crazy to um, have you know, gone through that time uh, in Ring of Honor because it, it literally, you know, made me the wrestler that I am today. I, I feel like, you know, wrestling guys like that constantly over and over again, you know, you have no choice but to get better. In 2016, the top prospect tournament, Ring of Honor, you killed it. Yeah. You know, it was the talk of the town and – 
it was just a matter of time to you know you get you got to the right platform just <laughs> it's, it's funny man you're only 26 at the time yeah, yeah. it was way younger so the potential was there so it was just a matter to get it to the right platform and you know and it was inevitable for you to keep moving on up you know like before Ring of Honor, you know, you did did do the PWG that at the time it was probably perhaps one of the hottest indies in the in the states, you know. Yeah. And, um, so you living in Cali now. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So you had to. So it, it made sense for you to move to the West Coast, you know. Now, no, now knowing everything that's happening in your career, um, it was a great move. For yeah, being around with so much talent, it did rub all on you. You could see, you know, through your talent, the matches that you had with Jay Lethal, that was, you know, great matches and stuff. And it was just a matter of time till you got, you know, to where you at now. And of course, it didn't hurt you the fact that you have my skills, you know, and um, it, it, and it shows. Speaking of show, man, um, listen. This, I believe this is where me and Cheech first met. We were getting ready to get on the plane to New Orleans. And we were going to WrestleMania. And uh, we, we talked about your talent showing. And I believe that was the first time we got the opportunity to actually see you wrestle in New Orleans live. Was that your first time wrestling at that point for NXT? In New Orleans? Um, yeah, 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 it definitely was. I think that was about, you know, my third match uh, in NXT was uh, with being a part of, you know, WrestleMania Access. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty cool to be able to, to perform in front of, you know, all of those fans that came across, you know, the entire world. It, it was really cool. So, you know, you end up getting to NXT, and I talked to a lot of these guys, and they say, you know, it's a whole different type of feel, you know, the difference between NXT and the main roster. So how was that feel for you? Uh, it was it was really cool. Um, I, I know I remember when I first got signed or right before I got signed, uh, they would do these big takeover like reveals of like the next signing. Uh, and, you know, it was a lot of build a lot of build up. Because, you know, people knew that there were going to be a lot of uh, Ring of Honor guys coming in. Um, and, you know, like week after week, you saw a new one. You saw, like, uh, Roderick Strong come in. Then you saw uh, Bobby Fish have a singles uh, uh, debut. Then you saw Kyle O'Reilly. Um, then you saw, you know, Dijak. Uh, and then I think the last person that they saw was, was Adam Cole. Uh, but you saw me in there in that mix, too. So... Uh, people, people knew about, you know, me being signed. People knew that I was, you know, coming to NXT at some point, um, and they were just waiting for it. So, you know, to be able to, to come in and like hear the reaction that I got, um, was, was really cool. And, you know, during that time, uh, I mean, obviously I don't know what, what the feeling is now, but during that time, you know, that was, that was huge. That, that almost felt like it was like a PWG type type feeling because you had all of these guys, you know, coming in, you know, month after month after month. And it's like, man, like who, who else is going to, you know, be in NXT. So it was, it was cool they first uh, getting there. Hey, they, they rated ROH that year. That's for sure. 
Yeah, man, they they damn sure did. But uh, so speaking of basically, you know, you being on an NXT roster, so eventually you end up, you know, getting called up to the main roster, starting off on 205, and then, you know, getting to Raw. I mean, I know it was a big difference from taping on that Tuesday night, but how would you say that the mood definitely changed once you got to the main roster? Um, I think uh, over time, you know, it wasn't it wasn't, you know, too stressful, uh, you know, going to the 205 um, because there was there wasn't as many uh, hands involved with with 205 as, as much as it was with SmackDown. So uh, it kind of felt like a little break, um, you know, from from what the feeling was in NXT. Uh, you know, it was a little more relaxed uh, for 205. You know, you just you just came in, uh, waited throughout the whole show of SmackDown, and then you know did your match and, and went home. You know, so it was it it was pretty chill for the most part. I think the only time where it felt like things like really started to pick up and things started to get hectic was when I was doing 205 and Raw at the same time, and I was traveling with the SmackDown loop at the same time as traveling with the Raw loop. Um, that was that was a bit much, but uh, yeah, it didn't start to pick up until I, I got on Raw. And yeah, so when you got on Raw, who idea was it to pair you up with Bobby Lashley? Uh, that came straight from Vince. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Vince's uh, project right there. So um, yeah, that whole that whole pairing, everything that we did, uh, it was it was mostly his idea. Yeah, that was great. The one thing that I was, you know, as a fan, um, you know, Bobby Lashley's back with WWE. You got Brock Lesnar. They got the MMA background. It's like, bro, make it happen. You have Brock Lesnar with uh, Paul E. And then Lashley, Lashley. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. At first, it was like, what the fuck? But then I found myself saying it. And I'm like, it was cashing on. Every week, yeah, it was yeah. like seeing you. You know what I mean? Like, they trying to separate the 205 dude that we know he could go to, you know, the manager. But if they would have actually built on that matchup between Brock and, you know what I mean? And Lashley. Yeah, yeah. Have you on the stick? Going against Paul Heyman. Oh man, that would be nuts. The the potential is there, but you know, the corporate, you know, they they have other plans or whatever, you know. Yeah, like they say, car subject to change, all this stuff. But um, to me, that was one of the biggest things that they dropped the ball on was on on a you know on a run like. On a collision course, let's say between Brock and um, Lashley, with you know what I mean, you you setting up the score in the background, you know what I mean. <laughs> that would have been yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah, it was something everybody was waiting for. So I, you know, unfortunately, it was a no brainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a no brainer. So you know, eventually you you end up taking some time away and you start working on your music. And I'm really big on this because you released two songs uh, right before you got back to NXT. One of them being Scenic Lullaby, which is, uh, honestly, that's on my playlist. Real talk. Uh, that's on my playlist. 
and Lost is on my playlist. Both of those songs, when, when I say, when I listen to them, honestly, I, I get in this mode where I, I start to think. And I started to think about, you know, everything. But those lyrics, definitely at home. So what inspired you with the Scenic Lullaby song and the Lost song? Uh, yeah, so uh, Scenic Lullaby, um, you know, that was during a, a time period where, uh, you know, I feel like mm -hmm. my, my character started to uh, bleed into my actual personal life. And a lot of, uh, I was getting a lot of, you know, hate messages and a lot of criticism and and people just believing, you know, the character that, that I portrayed on, on TV. Um, and, you know, no matter what I put out there on social media, you know, whether that was about my family, like my wife, my kids, like any other like kind of projects that I wanted to do outside of wrestling, you know, people didn't want to like buy into it because they're like, oh, this guy's like an asshole. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to, you know, support anything that he's doing. And, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, people just saw me as this character and not, you know, uh, actual person with, uh, you know, in a sense, you know, like feelings. And I don't know, it kind of got to me a little bit. Um, so I, I decided, you know, to open up a little bit, like share uh, what I've gone through, like in my life, you know, what I'm currently going through now um, and just show, you know, people that you know i'm just like i'm just like them just like a normal human being i just so happen to play like an asshole on tv uh so that's how like you know scenic lullaby came came into play and then lost you know i feel like the lyrics is pretty you know self-explanatory even though i didn't like mention you know wwe or anything like that uh i was just going through like a a shitty you know time uh in wwe and you know that was just you know one way to to you know vent about it and express myself so uh that's how loss came yeah that's cool i want to i want to say because um i heard in a previous um interview you did about some i think a question was of why you know like have you thought about implementing your music or your character you know into your wrestling character and you i think your answer was um that that's your getaway you know what I mean? From everything that's going on, music that's therapeutic, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. And and I thought that was it was like and you know, it made sense in a nigga thing, because you know, of course you could come in and bust some, you know, verses or rap or even come out to your own theme song, which in a way you had, you know what I mean? But like yeah. that kind of like, yo, man, this dude is deep, you know what I mean? And that that to me it makes me see you in a different light you know what i mean like not as a musician but also as you know you know of course like an entertainer but as, as an athlete you know what i mean yeah me personally your second single i wonder that um yeah that um <laughs> you came in singing that <laughs> yeah man like too much drugs got me singing now <laughs> Double dope. I'm in trouble, trouble. You know what I mean? Like, I, I could relate. You know what I mean? I had gone yeah. through my own personal thing. So, right there. At first, I was going to ask you, like, who's that dude? That big dude in the video? Like, I wanted to, like, punch him in the face. But then, you know, you see the video. You know what I mean? So, it, it, the, the video got meaning. You know what I mean? But it's it just crazy seeing Leo Rush, the man of the hour, in the ring. 
too. Like it's day and night, and the fact that you are able to keep them separated, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. a testament of you know what I mean of everything that's happening to you now. But yeah, definitely, man. Because the first first time I I got the chance to see Laws, you know, I'm I'm a faithful viewer of WorldStarHipHop.com, so I'm constantly <laughs> on there. And you know, I'm on WorldStar. You know, I'm I'm usually looking for you know the compilations, maybe someone getting the honeys. He talking about the honey. yeah, those two, those <laughs> compilations too. But you know what I'm saying? But I'm on I'm on WorldStar, and boom, I see. Leo Rush and it had like in parentheses a uh, WWE uh, wrestler superstar and it had a loss. I was like, all right, this look this look dope. But I'm looking at the video and it's like, boom! I automatically connected. You I mean I, I I definitely read in between the lines. But even without even you know looking at that situation of what you were going through, the lyrics itself definitely hit home with anyone who's ever felt that they've been inside that situation. And speaking about music. You know a lot about music because your parents are gospel singles, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, you know, so you got the chance to travel with them and think, things of that nature. I mean, of course, myself growing up inside of a household where your where your where your father's a pastor and your mom's a pastor, so you know, I was in church three three days out the week, maybe even four forced to join the men's choir when I really didn't want to sing. And, yeah, I didn't get that far. <laughs> I, I, I almost did, but I didn't get that far. Man, lucky you, man. They they had me in plays <laughs> and stuff. It's like, go ahead, go, go ahead and join the praise dance team right there. That's yeah, where I it off. You know, I'm 6'9". <laughs> what the hell look like up there doing praise dances? You know, that, that, yeah. that, that just don't look right. Uh, so, you know, you got, you know, having that musical background definitely, you know, passed on to yourself and you know of course we get further on to you know your your last run at nxt and honestly when i tell you i love that run with with, with you capturing the nxt championship scrap and I, I don't i don't know if you remember but you know the very the, the very night that, that you won the title I sent out I sent out this tweet of of the NXT uh NXT uh Cruiserweight Championship and I, I had it like in the black leather with the gold with the gold uh the gold Oh gold. wow yeah I remember that. I mean they dropped the they dropped the ball on that. I mean that black and gold. I mean don't get me wrong, the new title eh, it's, it's, it's alright. You know, I could I could rock with it. No, no. No, but but that black and gold, like I think that would have been fuego, like that, that would have been fire. Yeah, that would have been it, man. But it. then again, you know they they still got them ugly ass tag team champions on uh, uh, championships <laughs> on the fucking main roster. Yeah, the, that's yeah. the I think that Doritos, uh, Doritos Locos challenge, yeah. the Doritos <laughs> bag. We got Nacho and the ranch. Cool Ranch, yeah, the Nacho right. Cool Ranch titles, but uh. Yeah, but that that to me, I love that run. <laughs> I love that run, and I also love the fact that you know the, the matches with Garza. That's what I was about to say, yo. Man, the chemistry was bananas, bro. They they ain't hold back, you know what I mean? They, they were hitting themselves for real. Like I love that <laughs> match, and I, I remember I remember you know watching this and streaming this on TV, and you know, and um, them allowing you to bring your wife in. And then, boom, we get hit with this pandemic. 
yeah how did that make you feel you know bringing in your wife into the storyline and um being on tv and um you know it's, and by the way congratulations on the new acquisition to the team you know oh, yeah that's right you got a brand new team member joining the squad got yourself a little starting lineup yes sir yeah um, yeah it, it was cool yeah when i when i first pitched it uh you know i remember uh talking to my wife about it and uh telling her that i was going to pitch that idea and you know I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't remember thinking that. Oh, they're not gonna like go for this. But at the same time, you know, I didn't see it as like the craziest idea in the world. Um, but I was shocked when they did say, "All right, that sounds like a good idea. Like bring her in." And I was just like, "Oh wow!" Like it. It you know, kind of shocked me a little bit. But I'm glad that they they trusted. Um, my idea with the whole storyline and, and you know i remember her coming in you know like for rehearsals and you know while i was like going over stuff and i was like oh wow that this is this is real like my wife is going to be a part of this storyline which was which was really cool um yeah I'm, I'm glad that i'm glad that i was able to you know get her involved and you know my boys were were in the crowd uh when that first started um her mom was in the crowd my, my mom and my grandmother so like my whole family was there. So it, it was really cool to be able to, you know, not only have, you know, them physically be there, but, you know, also like commentary, like putting it over huge. So that was, that was really cool. Yeah, man. I, like I generally love that moment because, yeah. So, you know, of course I'm a new father myself and, you know, I, it's a good feeling. Like anytime your kids get the chance to see you, do what you do for a living, you know, to, to that child, it's like, wow, you know, this is what my dad does. But not only are you a professional wrestler in their, their eyes, but, you know, they actually get to see you do it. Probably still talking yeah, about it to yeah. this day. <laughs> and then the pandemic and the craziness erupts because I, for one, was definitely upset about the releases that happened. You know, because I thought it was crazy because you were just pitching on IG about you recapturing, you know, the NXT championship, uh, sorry, NXT Cruiserweight championship. And then, you know, this happens. And I'm just sitting there like, I'm 100% all behind. I'm like, yo, give my man Leo Rush another chance at the at the scrap. Because you, you and Garza alone could have carried that cruiserweight division. Um, Remember Survivor Series too. He, oh. was, he was leading the he was in the tank. How was the riding a freaking tank? In the tank, bro. <laughs> yeah. Leading the charge, yeah, bro. Yeah. I know. It's like he just oh, came yeah. back and it's like right there to me I seen him like he's one of the main, you know what I mean, going into the Survivor Series thing, you know? And it's just next thing you know, like I said, boom, things change, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that was cool. That was a that was a cool moment, you know. And uh, you know, a lot of people don't get moments like that in in WWE um, because that one is gonna, you know, that's gonna be on replay for years and years and years, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because that was that was the first night that NXT invaded, you know, the the main roster. So um, it, it's cool to be able to to be a part of history like that. Yeah. It was, it was definitely dope. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, you know, once, of course, you know, you get released and all that. But I want to take it back. I believe around three years ago, you did an interview with um, Trey Miguel's girlfriend, uh, Alicia's Tout. 
up in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned something about the people from New Japan, people that you would like to wrestle and stuff like that. And lo and behold, three years later, you in the J Cup. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how great is God? You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. And to me, like, I always, you know, remember that. Like, now, once they announced you, you know what I mean? It, it was kind of like, oh, shit. It was just, you know what I mean? Like, and then yeah, 2020 hasn't been too kind to a lot of people. But um, as we can see, it has helped you grow. And um, going into the J-Cup in New Japan, although, you know, you've been overseas prior to, you know, this. how uh, um, And at 26, you know, this opportunity could literally make you or break you. You know, how, how's your approach going in into the New Japan J-Cup? Uh, it feels good, you know, like when I, um, obviously when I got signed to WWE, I didn't see myself, you know, getting fired or, or walking away from, from, from the company or anything. I, I, you know, I saw myself staying there. So I was a little disappointed, you know, uh, at the fact that, you know, I, I, I've been to, you know, so many places I've, I've you know, had tours in Canada and, and Mexico and England and Ireland and, and stuff like that. But I, I never got the chance to, to go to Japan. So that was always in the back of my mind when I was in WWE, like, man, like shit, like I, I've done so many like cool things except for Japan. So being able to be a part of the, the Super J Cup is, you know, incredible. Definitely something uh, that I've been wanting for years, you know, clearly, uh, you know, with you bringing up that interview with, with Alicia, uh, you know, so, so the, for the people that know about that interview, they obviously know that, you know, I've been wanting this, uh, you know, since I started. So it's an incredible opportunity. Like you said, this is something that makes or breaks people. I know, uh, you know, a lot of people get, you know, bigger opportunities from a tournament like this, you know, being able to not only compete against uh, people uh, within New Japan and, and the best, you know, junior heavyweights in the world, but uh, being able to, to wrestle in front of, you know, the online audience, uh, that Japanese crowd and that Japanese like fan base and, uh, you know, the, the, the people that, you know, are the decision makers uh, of new japan so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it um you know I'm, I'm looking to not only hopefully win the whole thing but you know beyond that you know create an even bigger opportunity from it so um another question um so do you have to travel to japan or since you know of course it's convenient for you you live in cali they do have a la dojo i um are you gonna have to go to Japan, or are you staying uh, in the states? You know, due to the pandemic, uh, how how is it gonna go? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I know we're we're like what, like two, three, three weeks. Um, yeah, December, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah, the the pandemic things are probably gonna be here uh, in in the United States. Um, and it's so convenient the, the best for you. Yeah, yeah, best of super juniors is in Japan, so um, you know it only makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely makes sense. So going back, of course, you get this unfortunate news that the release happens. And at one point, you know, posted online that this was it. You were finished wrestling. And as fans, you know, looking at that, it's like, you know, no, don't do it. I mean, yeah, yeah, focus on your music. But 
you still have so much more to give to this business and you know definitely didn't want to see you go out like that because you, with you being so young at you know just seeing your 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 transition and your bill uh, if leo rush was this good at 22 23 24 25 and now 26 we yet to see what's going to happen with 26 but you know definitely wasn't ready to see you go but is that something you were actually considering the final match yeah for sure uh it definitely was um you know you know people people uh even though they know you know the history of uh wwe and the, the stories and you know people leaving or people you know just just all the bad stuff that you hear about wwe you know it, it never compares to you know somebody actually going through it uh and and you know for me uh experiencing you know what i've experienced the good and the bad um, i was just burnt out um and uh in a sense a little traumatized uh so i i just felt you know i felt like i needed to to get away you know like completely i didn't want to i didn't want to watch it i didn't want to listen you know i didn't want to hear about it uh, i didn't want to talk about it um i just wanted to somehow find uh, a new way to you know hopefully you know try to make a name for myself um other than wrestling because i just knew that i just didn't want to be a part of it anymore uh it felt very toxic uh to me and it was affecting my personal life um so yeah it was something that was that was uh what i thought was set in stone but you know clearly that's that's not the case now uh, but yeah yeah so um I saw your last, you know, one of your last match against Blake Christian and uh, GCW. Um, how'd that get come about? Uh, I, it was super, you know, super last minute. Um, you know, I, I felt like everybody, you know, was making headlines somewhere. You know, somebody was showing up in Impact. Somebody was showing up in AEW. Somebody was, you know, going back to Ring of Honor. And, you know with all of the names that was uh, that was put out, um, you know, being released from the WWE, I didn't see anybody going back to the Indies. Uh, and, you know, I thought that that was my, uh, you know, wh why not? Why not go back to, to a place where, uh, you know, I made a name for myself and what got me to the, to the WWE in the first place. Um, so, I, you know, I saw that it was going to be on Fight TV. You know, a lot of people... I've uh, been watching GCW because they had, you know, some good buzz. Um, a good buddy of mine, you know, Joey Janela, he was going to be on the show, but he didn't have an opponent announced uh, for the second night. Um, so, you know, he uh, he approached me with the with the idea, and you know, I said, you know, why not? Let's let's you know have one more match, and uh, you know, with it being with uh, Joey, you know, my uh, probably my best and uh, greatest, you know, indie rival. Um, so I thought it was, you know, a match made in heaven. Yeah, the, the second, your second match back was with ACH, right? At the Collective? Yeah. Yeah, that, I got to see that one. That was, that was a pretty good match too. So, uh, yeah, so it's like, no, no matter, it's like he left, you know, for a little bit, but you didn't miss a step, you know, and, yeah, you know, and it's just the opportunity just started grabbing. It's like, like you said, you went back to the Indies, 
but it's kind of like you have one match and every all eyes on you again. It's like yeah. somebody gonna grab them. Next, you know, the opportunity started popping. Another news that just came about was the the MLW. You know, how did that come about? Big, big. You know, MLW. So, yeah. you know I yeah. know Kurt, Kurt Bauer. You know, what I mean, he's always been a good fan. You know, a big fan of yours and. um You know, to every, when I saw the announcement, it was like, oh, bro, like, what else? What else is this guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Got open stores coming up. Man, M MLW about to be must-see TV. Yeah, yeah, I fuck with MLW. You know. How, how'd that come about? Yeah, like like you said, he, he, he's been trying to, you know, get me an MLW for a while now. And, and um, you know... It was during a time where I didn't have anything else going on. You know, I'm not signed anywhere. Uh, and, um, you know, there was a lot of kind of like dream matches that I wanted to have. And I know a lot of people that are, you know, on that list that I put out are in MLW. So hopefully we'll be able to, you know, make some of those, make some of those happen. Yes, for sure. Speaking of those dream matches, man, uh, I was going down that list. And I just so happened to notice a couple of names that are on that list that have been on the show. Uh, AJ Gray, I would love to see Leo Rush versus AJ Gray. That would be, man, <laughs> that, bro. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it now because I, 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 I know how nuts AJ can get in the ring. And then the other name on this list, which was crazy because the day, the, the day that I interviewed him, he had just got off an IG Live with you. And you, you had a little bit of technical difficulties that day. Trey Lamar. That's the one I want to see. And okay. I definitely want to see it. I don't know which promoter is going to book it first. But I already got a promoter in my ear that who wants to book the match. And, you know, we'll, 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 we'll talk after the interview. But I would love to see the this that match. If, if I don't get any... Any one of those matches, AJ Gray and Trey Lamar. Um, Trey Lamar is on the uprise, and a lot of a lot of people, uh, you know, compare compare his quickness. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of you. Yeah, you know, his quickness, his quickness is out the ring. It's, it's it's lovely, man. Just seeing that. So your dream matches, and of course, you got you know Chris Bay on there. I love to see that in Impact. You know, Kenta, love to see that in New Japan. Myron Reed, you know, like you said, he's already in MLW, so yeah. why not? And um, Cody, I'm so, well, we can call him Cody Rhodes now. So uh, Cody and, of course, Lee Chapion, Chris Jericho. So, uh, of course, in order for those last two to happen, that would have to be like a uh, AEW run. Which, you know, if the wrestling guys provide it, so be it. You know what I'm saying? Even even if it's just on a different platform. But all these matches are good. So how long did it take you to compile all these names on a list? <laughs> like 15 minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> just going crazy. Yeah. Like, hmm, who, who would I definitely sell out, uh, you know, arena or, tell, or, or tear the uh, roof off with? And literally, all these matches are definitely something that any wrestling fan, doesn't matter what you like, would definitely love to see. 
Well, let's get to the current breaking news. Seems like Leo Rush is always breaking news. <laughs> Whether that be on IG, Twitter, the Book of Faces, if you have it. Looks like uh, you just booked a role in the upcoming Power Rangers movie. Big. Big, man. And he got one of the OG Rangers. Tommy. Tommy. How did that come about? No, uh, so uh, Jason David Frank, uh, the original, you know, Green Ranger, uh, he he used to go to a lot of the Raw events uh, every time we went in Texas, every time we went to Texas. And, um, you know, he was a fan of mine from just watching the show. And, you know, we talked and uh, over time we grew a, a pretty cool, you know, friendship and um, gave me the news that he wanted to, you know, put me in his in his in his film that he was uh, developing for the upcoming year. So that was a very unique situation. Uh, and I'm glad that that that's happened, um, not only because of the, the, the movie, but just being able to, you know, be friends with somebody, you know, like, like, uh, Jason, you know, uh, absolute legend, uh, is really cool, man. You know, cause I know there's an age gap between you and I, like I'll be 34 this year, but I remember, you know, coming up on the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, bro. I remember rushing home after school just to catch the intro of, of the Power Rangers. And, uh, you know, I also remember growing up, you know, me, me and my siblings, man, we would play Power Rangers outside. Like, there's this video that's somewhere um, we can't find it today. It's all of our, all of my siblings are playing Power Rangers outside. My sister goes to do this front flip. She does this front flip, hits her head on this sign, and literally reverses back after she hit her head on the sign. But speaking of, you know, Power Rangers, was there any particular Power Ranger that you know that was your particular choice of preference or which which one were, were you more into because you know i know they had the power rangers game but which power ranger were you more more leah rush style? oh all of them all of them you know you know all of them did cool things <laughs> so i didn't i didn't want to you know just pick one um i did think it was you know cool every time you know they busted out the white ranger or, or the green ranger every once in a while uh but um yeah, all of them. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day, I remember when I was in Puerto Rico, I used to watch uh, the Power Rangers, and it was huge, and it was in Spanish, and, you know, and people were going crazy. It was the talk every day in school and all that stuff, and um, now, now it's like you got a new set of eyes, you know, and um, being in the Power Ranger universe, now, you know, like, the fact that you moved to the West Coast is, you know, now we could see why, you know what I'm saying, all these opportunities that are coming your way. But also the, you know, moving on the other news, you know, you won't be on MTV. The challenge. Yeah. That was huge. It got Twitter going nuts. You know what I mean? <laughs> Once Big Man told me about that, I'm like, what? But he just said this. It's like, yo, I can't take it. It's too much. You know? <laughs> You know, it was always it was almost like, God damn, every time I went to my, you know, my Twitter IG, breaking news, Leo Rush. Breaking news, Leo Rush. Like, man, what what you got you got some shoes coming out, Leo, we don't know about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how did so how did the MTV the challenge come about? 
Uh, yeah, they, they had reached out to me, um, you know, uh, a few, a few weeks or a few months, um, after, after I got released, um, they knew that, you know, uh, I, I wanted to step away from wrestling. Um, and, you know, they asked me if I wanted to be a part of their, the show. They asked me if I knew what it was. And, you know, I said, of course. Um, and, you know, that was, that was pretty much, that was pretty much it. You know, being able to, uh, be put in a, a situation like that where you, you think, you know, the worst is going to come from it. And then an opportunity just comes, you know, uh, at your front door and, you know, you got to take it. So, uh, that's what I did. And, uh, yeah, and I would be on MTV. <laughs> man, that's huge, man. Congratulations, man. But by the way, had Topanga hit you up? Uh, no, she's, but she, she's actually, uh, pretty close to my wife. So, uh, I'm still, still, uh, in contact with her every once in a while. <laughs> Oh. Man, Topanga, man, I, I I would love to interview her. Um, I would just stare at her. Gosh, <laughs> and I mean that in all the good ways possible. I was just such a fan of the whole dynamic. So I'm getting ready to ask you these three random questions. Uh, first question up. Listen, so if Leo Rush is working out, what type of music is he listening to? The genre, uh, the music, and the uh, top artists. Uh, Billboard's top 100. I just, I just like listening to, you know, what's new, what, what everybody else is, is listening to. Um, uh, I, I typically don't, you know, narrow it down to like a specific genre. I'm pretty, pretty open to all kinds of music. So, so you consider yourself alternative? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I believe in Sister Act 2, the term was eclectic. Oh, <laughs> okay. Eclectic. Uh, so, okay. Question number two. Since Thanksgiving is around the corner, dressing or stuffing? Uh, maybe stuffing. Okay, go on with stuffing. Okay, okay. All right, cool, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> and final question. I'm a huge fan of Eddie Murphy, so here we go. What is your favorite line from Coming to America? Oh, I don't know, man. I just know about the TikTok, TikTok uh, <laughs> trend that he that he that he that he's got going on. Uh, I think I might be a little too young to remember the lines from coming to America. Okay, okay. I tell you <laughs> I'll what. Go. Tell you what. Your favorite Eddie Murphy movie of all time. Let's make it easier. My, uh, my wife said Shrek. I'm not uh, <laughs> we could go with that. <laughs> now, I mean, I do like Shrek. I do like Shrek, but um, I mean, you can you can never go wrong with uh, <sighs> ah. I think I'm reading your mind. And I think you're like either leaning towards life or I'm gonna say Norbit. Norbit? Oh snaps. Yeah. <laughs> <Respucia>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Norbit is on movie. Oh man. Yo, Norbit was big. It had all the comedy OGs in there. So I see you got the essence, so I believe your your wife makes those. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does. She does. She's got a whole bunch of new scents out right now. So make sure you go get those. Tell everybody that she's got. Uh, All right, plug out. it in. Huh? Plug it in. The vegan <laughs> ones, right? I'm gonna have to get that. No problem. Yeah, hand, hand rolled incense. This is the new scent right here. Uh, we got midnight. Uh, you can go get it on um, the, our Etsy store. Oh my goodness, by Sarah. Uh, and then I also have them on my website, uh, musicbyleo.com. Oh, well, I'll definitely be definitely be tuning into that, man. Look, definitely yeah. want to just thank you for definitely coming on, sharing your story. You know, always like to give audience the time to learn new stories, learn stories that you may have thought that you knew, but you really didn't know. So, listen, this is the end of the show. This is where we have to tell you all two things. Look, there was way too much negativity during this past election season. Too much negativity can have you unbalanced emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Spread more positive vibes out there. It takes very little to build someone up than it does to tear someone down. Spread more positive vibes out there. And of course, you know, we have to slow down the spread of COVID. These numbers are spiking up. It's real out here. And, you know, definitely to slow down the spread, it starts with good hygiene. Very simple, simple instructions. We're going to need you to wash your hands. With soap. And wash your ass. Use soap. And cheese. Let these people know how they have to do this. From face to ass, not ass to face. It's that simple. If you want to slow down the spread, people, wash your hands. Wash your ass. Use soap. From face to ass, not ass to face. And on that note, we out, people. Peace. <laughs> Be safe. Too much drugs got me seeing now. Double, double. I'm in trouble, trouble. And too much love's got me pushing now. And thinking about. She wonders where the money really wonders when we're hungry, yeah. And too much drugs got me singing now. I do not know where I'm going, but I do know that I'm showing, yeah. Pain on my face when I'm home, too much space when I'm gone. I know that you feel alone. Your secrets kill me every time I lie Distance from me every time I try To put a smile on your face when you cross my mind Too much drugs got me seeing now Double, double, I'm in trouble, trouble And too much love's got me pushing out